0: Are you hoping for a souvenir, or checking to see if they're your size?" The woman doing the talking was holding a towering stack of pastel-colored panties. We were the only two in the missing sock laundromat. I was there because doing my own laundry in the middle of the workday seemed the best investment I could make in my flagging private eye business. She was there, apparently, because even Victoria's Secret underwear models have to do the wash. There's no question I'd been staring at her. I don't usually associate tweed with sexy, but she'd shoehorned her extravagant curves into a vest and jacket made of the stuff, and on her it was positively purorient. The jacket just came over her hips, and then a pair of clingy jeans took charge and traveled the length of her long-stemmed legs to some pointy brown boots. Given the alternative between watching my Fantastic Four bedsheets go through the spin cycle and taking her in while she folded and stacked her unmentionables, the question of eyeball allegiance was never in doubt. I sat up straighter in the plastic lawn chair I'd been camped in. Doesn't matter what size they are, they're not my color. A smile pulled at the corners of her mouth, and she leaned down to put the stack of panties in the nylon duffel bag at her feet. When she had them situated just so, she yanked the drawstring closed, and swung the bag over her shoulder. She flipped back apricot-blonde hair, then reached into the open dryer. Mirth and green light shone in her eyes. She gestured for me to hold out my hand and press something warm and spongy into it. Well, here's your souvenir, then. A fabric softener sheet. I laughed, and watched as she plopped a tweed newsboy cap onto her head, collected an oversized umbrella from near the door, and went out onto Hyde Street in a driving San Francisco rainstorm. She gave me a two-fingered wave through the plate glass, and then jogged across the street to stand with an older woman at the cable car stop on the corner at Union in front of the Swenson's ice cream parlor. That particular Swenson's was the original, opened in 1948 by Earl Swenson himself, and the promise of a couple of scoops of cable car crunch after I finished my laundry was the main reason I picked this place over the laundromat in my apartment building. The Panty Girl had been an unexpected plus. Sighing, I pocketed the fabric softener and let my gaze return to the bank of speed queens in front of me. The machine on the end was shaking violently due to my decision to throw a pair of dirty Converse Chuck Taylors in with my sheets. I moved to rebalance the load, then heard the deep, coffee-grinder rumble of an approaching cable car. It pulled in front of the ice cream parlor, blocking my view of the girl and the older woman. It looked completely devoid of passengers, and I thought how lucky the girl had been to catch an empty car so quickly. I've never been more wrong in my life. On sleepless nights, I can still see the next five seconds replay when I press my face into the pillow. The cable car seemed to pause on its tracks. Then there was a harsh, unzippering noise synced to lightning flashes, and the car accelerated from the corner. By the time I thought to look to the gripman, his face was turned away from me. But I could just make out two pug-ugly, oozy machine guns dangling from leather straps that crisscrossed his chest. I yelled something inarticulate and plunged across the room to the door. It was a short, drenching sprint to the cable car stop. The girl and the woman lay in a jumble, with packages and bags in the gutter, their open umbrellas twitching and rocking in the rain like things possessed. There was no question of either of them being alive. The nine-millimeter slugs had stitched a slashing line across faces and chests and although there was relatively little bleeding, the damage was horrific. The older woman, in particular, simply had no forehead. The panty girl had less damage to her face, but the tweed fabric of her vest was chewed to shreds, and bright red arterial blood welled in shallow pools across her throat, sternum, and breast. Both women peered up into the downpour with unblinking eyes,